To the Moon is a masterpiece on delivering a heartfelt experience, a novel concept executed extremely well. Even the bare bones gameplay doesn't hold us back from an experience that I'd recommend a vast majority of this planet's population to play. It's that good. This one is definitely worth your time. To the Moon tries to be a video game by baking in puzzles and walking simulator mechanics. But really, let's just say it is a bunch of sappy cheese that sorted itself out. Bring your tissues for this one. Well, Larry, let's talk to the moon and back. Welcome to Bits of Time, where we ask the simple question, is this video game worth your time? If this game was on the moon, I'd probably take a spaceship to go play it. It's that good. I'm Michael, one of your hosts. I feel like you missed an opportunity to say, like, I would have started a career at NASA or something like oh, that. Oh, no, that's so much better. <laughs> yes. I'm not a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Larry. I don't even know what that was. Yeah. <laughs> this, You know what? It's a good thing that we're starting off with laughs because this is a heavy one. This is a this is a game. <laughs> hey, I, it is. There, We're probably going to spoil the story in this one. So I would implore you to... <sighs> Does it make sense to just say spoiler warning right here? Because it's really hard to really talk about much about this game yeah. without ruining something. We'll, we'll talk about the bare bones gameplay elements of it and kind of the premise. But yeah, just know you should try this game out. It doesn't take very long. It took me four and a half hours to finish To the Moon. And it took me four hours and 17 minutes. So yeah, if take that time out. Save this in the queue. Get it downloaded, you know, just stop listening, come back. Honestly, it is definitely worth it if you're just curious at all what this game is about. Well said. All right, cool. Well, let's get into it then. L let's get your history stuff out, out of the way first, because I know we keep uh, we keep pushing that further, further <laughs> down the episode. <laughs> yeah. To the Moon was developed and published by Freebird Games on November 1st, 2011. This game started when its creator, Ken Gao, when his grandfather got really sick and he started questioning on if he would have regrets on his deathbed. And this was his first major family member to get sick and, you know, eventually pass away. And I got this from an interview that I read. It's really interesting stuff. It's Eurogamer to the moon and back written by Tristan Donovan. But that is the premise of this game. It's, I would say it's very human, very human connection. You know what I feel terrible about? You are talking about some really heavy stuff, and we're going to get into that. But because you said 2011, the first thought that came into my mind was, are you trying to tell me that this game came out the same year that Skyrim did, and we still don't have another Skyrim <laughs> or Elder Scrolls game in 2023? Yeah, we got uh, a quite a few other games in this series, which we'll talk about later. Tell me about the sappy cheese, Larry. <laughs> okay, well... If you caught on to that, that's actually a quote at the end of the game. Dr. Watt is talking to Lily about his experience. She asked him about his experiences and basically just jumping into Mr. Johnny Boy's memories here. So and he wraps it up. Yeah, that's the premise of the game, right? Yeah, so basically the concept is like you just stated. Uh, our kind of, I guess, character that we're helping out is Johnny. He's on his deathbed. His life is ending. And this... The two characters that you kind of interactively play as, Dr. Rosaline and Dr. Watt, it, you work for a company that allows people to, I guess what would even be the right way of saying it, they allow people to end their life on their terms, sort of. 
Yeah, so you go in there and they know what they want out of their life. Maybe they didn't accomplish something and they're on their deathbed. So we're going to go into their memories, dreams kind of thing and make it seem like that they did. So you're kind of giving people a second shot at life. In a, at least you're tricking them into having a second shot So at they life. can pass on feeling satisfied. Wow. <laughs> deep, deep stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's so good, though. And I really like this concept because I'm sure this has been done before, but it's executed so well. Like, everything in the game seems like something that would happen. And it's kind of got this tongue-in-cheekness in the beginning with Dr. Watson less serious. Rosalina is definitely more by the books. And it just feels real, even though there's nothing about this game that seems real when you're playing it. Well, so and I guess then the two things that I guess we can talk about before we jump into like more spoiler territory were one, do you consider this a happy ending or not? Ooh. Yes, I do. Uh, it's, it's one of those, that term that everybody says, bittersweet, right? My, mine's bittersweet with, the, I actually felt pretty depressed when I finished it for one specific reason, and it's because of another character. We'll maybe talk about that later down the line because I don't want to bring that up. But, and then the other thing is, what did you think about, so it removes the story, the gameplay elements in between the story beats? So in my intro, I did say that they're bare bones, right? There's not much going on. But I've I've been thinking about this a lot. If those elements weren't in the game, I don't think it would be as impactful. Because I find... So you're going through these set pieces of this person's life, these memories, and you get to explore them. And without the exploration, I don't know if there'd be as much impact. So it's kind of interesting. I remember when I first beat this game, I remember thinking to myself that I was wondering if you kind of evolved this into just a visual novel style and didn't have as much of the gameplay if it would work. But the more that I've kind of thought about it, because, okay, so here's the plus and minus. I, on one hand, don't like when you have to search for like, okay, where's the next contextual thing for me to find? It's like so many times I have like four of my five memories and I'm like, where the hell is the last one at? And I just... That part frustrated me at times because I was like, okay, I feel like there's just a wall stopping from the natural progression. I think that's also needed, though. But I now, I, I definitely, the more I've thought about it, I definitely agree with you there. It's, there is something that's really fun about getting immersed in this memory. I mean, again, it's a location, but technically it's a memory. And it's really fun to see. There was almost something satisfying, at least I played it on Steam. So whenever I would hover my mouse over a location... And you get like that little prompt, like, oh, there's something with this. That was kind of like a fun investigative, like Sherlock Holmes style yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, what in the world is going to happen when I click on this? So even with the frustration of, oh, I can't find this last little fragment, there's still it's still fun searching for those. And what about the, like, the puzzles? I mean, they're simple, goofy. And you, uh, I, I always, my thing is the diagonals one was OP. <laughs> like, <laughs> I always started with that. That made everything easier. <laughs> yeah. Again, like that is it's something for you as a player to do just to like initiate and connect the story. Does that part need to be in there? Probably not. I, I more lean towards finding and investigating the space around you is more important, but I think that's fine. Okay. Just add something more to do. Then what? They have like the whack-a-mole thing <laughs> in there and this. And yeah. There's yeah. little goofy little things that are great. So I will say this, like before we jump into spoilers then, so I actually just recently watched a couple of other people play this through like a Let's Play style thing. And 
It did make me realize that this game is one of those style of games that are on the verge of... You probably could watch someone play this game and experience it and still have a very, very powerful moment. So if you're hesitant to kind of dive into some of those mechanics, you might be able to still enjoy this game watching someone else play. Yeah, I can, I can see that. Because I think a lot of the story beats will still hit. It's still it, There's still something about playing it for yourself and kind of you know figuring out stuff. Because then there's cliffhanger moments, which I think is where the memories work when you have to f- select stuff. If there's like a big story beat moment that happens and you're like, oh crap, now I gotta go find all five. There's almost like an urgency of like, okay, I need to solve this That's quickly. That's a good point, yeah. So that adds more levity that those moments are special or they need to be in this game, I, I feel like, versus... Yeah. Yeah, just going, this could work as a visual novel, like you said. And that brings me to a question is, Ken Gao has stated in 2018 that Freebird Games announced that they're going to make a To the Moon animated feature film. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, I think I would be all in on that. Because again, I'm still, I'm agreeing with you that I think the those puzzle and search mechanics are their their work they add i think you said levity <laughs> uh that works but i will say they're bar none the worst parts of the game and there were moments where the walking and not knowing where i needed to go to kind of get to the next part of the map i did roll my eyes a couple times where i'm like man i wish you could walk faster or something and so if done right this would be brilliant in that form yeah i Again, I would be in favor of watching that because I think the story is the strongest aspect of this game, obviously. but I wonder if you're going to need extra dialogue or something then to help justify the in-between moments. Yeah, exactly. I don't know how that's going to go. You do have bickering between the two doctors and some of the people Which that you meet. Which is really good, by the way. <laughs> yeah, when you meet the memories and stuff, such, or the people inside the memories, but more pe- this would open up more people to experience the story, and I'm okay with that as well. Hmm. Before we get to diving into the story a little bit deeper, there are two more main games in this universe, Finding Paradise and Imposter Factory, as well as two minisodes for To the Moon itself, which I, I didn't even know there was that, as well as a smaller scale free game called A Bird Story. Are you inclined to play more in this universe? Yeah, I think this kind of just comes down to life getting in the way at the time. I, I just haven't played it i don't know why it's been a little bit now since i've beaten it and i i don't know why i haven't tried anything else because i absolutely love this experience i would love to see if this was a was this a one and done style thing or did they have magic with something else i would like to check that out and i'm pretty sure the one is like a direct sequel to this game isn't it or at least the same characters or they're making something that's like that so the way they this game ends which we can talk about specifically with dr watt there's a very fascinating end scene that happens. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I'm forgot wondering if there's something else going on there. So, in Finding Paradise, the sequel, which I have played and I really loved, I think To the Moon's better, but Finding Paradise ha- explores some interesting concepts. And then I really, really liked A Bird Story. It's super short, and in some cases, I think it's better. I don't think there's any dialogue in that game. Ooh, but that is a bridge between that and Finding Paradise. I think you could play Finding Paradise without A Bird Story, but... I'm, yeah, this developer just, Ken Gao is awesome. I have not tried Imposter Factory. I I eventually will, though. It sounds like you almost have to if you've liked all these experiences. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, I will definitely give some more a try. I want to get some updates on that, but yeah. Uh, 
And then I was going to say real quick, the other odd negative, I guess, something I can bring up is if you're playing this game in a dark room, maybe turn down the brightness a little bit. I don't know if it was supposed to be to make it seem like it's in the brain. The amount of times they transitioned or had scenes with bright white lights yeah. drove me nuts. <laughs> <laughs> like it's it's just too bright. Like they need I, I get kind of what they're going for. Yeah, it makes sense for the story. But I think you could have easily just had it be a black screen. <laughs> it's like we would have gotten it. <laughs> that's also potentially it's true. So much easier on the eyes. That, that's a tough one. And I got to imagine if you're playing it on like a handheld. Like you played it on the Switch? No, I played it on uh, Steam. Oh, you did as well. Okay. So maybe I think it actually would be worse if you're like in bed playing it on your Switch at night. That would even make it worse. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I mean, you have weird hangouts with stuff. How, but how does the searching mechanic like work on the Switch? Do you still have like a cursor and stuff? I'm you sure use? you do, yeah. Okay. All right, so obviously we've already brought this up, but the concept of the machine itself and kind of what they're trying to do in this game. What do you think about a company having a machine in this technology that can read our memories and then actually infiltrate? Because you got to imagine on one hand, this is a peaceful thing that they're doing in this game. Obviously, armed with the wrong technology, there's a lot of mean stuff that can happen. <laughs> but just conceptually, what do you think about this? So it's funny. I have dreamed of having a couple devices in my life. And I'm, we're probably getting there, to be honest. But one is a machine that will tell me the stat of anything I want to know in regards to the population of the world. So if I could ask it, how many people are sneezing right now? And it just gives me a printout of how many people are t sneezing all across the world. I find that crap fascinating. I don't, I don't you know. know. It was kind of fascinating too, the f way that you worded that printed out. You can tell you're still like a 90s kid. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I got to see <laughs> the little readout. It would just display. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'd probably display. It'd be like Google. How many, you know, when we search how many sales of bread there were uh, last quarter. You, you, We kind of have that information, but I want it to the second like exactly, I think that'd be. I'm sure crazy. there's. I'm sure there's a statistician who could like roughly give you an estimate on average how many people. And then also the other machine is something that would be able to record your dreams and then you'd be able to play it back, which is very similar to this. And I th just think how freaking useful that could be in testimonies too, <laughs> if you could just record somebody's memories for for like witnesses, like that. Yeah, you're done. See, of course, and this shows you the difference between me and you. I agree. I think it would be, I would literally buy a machine just so I could like every morning wake up and just check what is it that I was dreaming about last night? Because I feel like you could learn a lot about yourself because we basically always dream. You just don't always remember it. That's the problem. But I also always go a step further. That would be used in a negative way somehow. I it would know. basically be walking surveillance machines yeah. then too. Yeah. And so it's like, could you start, would people start arguing with each other based on what they're dreaming about. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think that would be a thing. But it'd be cool to have your, also the memory portion, because you think about all those things. When we were kids, uh, we grew up in there where not everybody had a cell phone. Mm. We, you know, recording devices, like having your life, like through your own eyes, like recording, you could then recall those memories. Oh, that'd be Oh, awesome. You know, it's something be fucking terrifying too, but something that was really funny. I literally just caught myself doing this the other day. So, uh, my daughter, I had her call her mother and I went to go use the bathroom. So I handed her my phone for whatever reason, instead of her own phone. And she started calling her. And so just as I went to close the door in the bathroom, like, you know, her mom picked up and they were saying hello. And for some reason, as I was sitting next to the toilet, I had this thought, like, 
This is weird because there is a conversation happening right now that I'll never be privy to. Because, like, I shut the door, and so my memory will always be split from, like, this tiny little moment. It was, like, this existential crisis <laughs> for a second where I was, like, it's so weird. Like, she now has a memory. She'll forget it because nothing meant uh, monumental happened. But it's so crazy how that works. Like, you move away from somebody's life, even if you're in the same household and you're in different rooms, you're experiencing something that you'll never experience together. I don't know. It was just, it was just really, really weird. I'm doing a bad job. No, 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 you're not. But it's kind my, of my, my. You can't see me, but my look is my brain's working. Well, so a way to get you to think about it is like so. Right now, your lady is upstairs doing a whole bunch of stuff, and she has memories of stuff you will never ever be a part of. And you're down here, so if something crazy happens down here, like a bird hits the window, like it's a memory that she'll never have. Unless I talk to her about it, yeah. and she has the memory of me explaining said exactly. story. Yeah, so I, I don't know what it was, and I think maybe it's because I knew we were going to be recording this episode with this, and so I was overly thinking about that. But you man, know, it is a crazy thought. If you think of it in a separate way, if everybody you know and loved died that you interacted with, and you became a recluse, right? Would you exist if nobody had a memory of you? Well, and you could flip it. That's the thing I go about too. Is like, no matter how large of an impact we potentially make in life, like I always think in my head, how many years or months or days or weeks need to go by until nobody on planet Earth knows you exist anymore? <laughs> just just yeah, think about that. Yeah, I mean, because like, uh. like, well, I look at it this way, right? Like, I, I've done this thought process with like our grandparents, right? So I think about my daughter, and I'm like, okay, how well did I know our grandparents? We knew them decently well we were lucky we had a decent relationship with them but i don't know anything about their parents at all like yeah that's true and so i think about my daughter I'm like okay my daughter grows up if she has some kids i become a grandparent they're not gonna know anything about like our dad and mom oh yeah there's like no reason it's like well, so yeah, how I mean, quickly you become forgotten they never so, get to meet her oh jesus so you oh, got so man. you got you got your book we have the podcast. <laughs> yeah. As of right now. <laughs> Our YouTube. <laughs> My face will live on as long as YouTube stays around there. <laughs> it's a crazy thought. Yeah. That is derailing the conversation. But this this is the type of thing this game brings up, though. Is So this person in this game wasn't satisfied with their life. And now you're changing it, but you're only changing it for them, right? Nobody else, everybody outside of them doesn't know this new life that he lived inside his deathbed. Which is really weird for me because it personally, I actually think like this game is around Johnny who we're trying to help end of life. But all the more powerful moments I feel like are with the two or three other characters in the game for me personally. There's a couple of good moments with Johnny, obviously. He's a main character. Right? Yeah. But like, we, I think, I think it's probably time to, yeah, spoiler warning. I mean, we did a spoiler warning in the beginning, so it's not really know, time for <laughs> Okay. Obviously, we know we get to meet Johnny throughout his entire life, all the different stages of him being a kid, teenager, adult, obviously old man when we meet him. And we get introduced to the girl that he, when he first meets, or well, not actually the first time he meets her, but her name's River. River. And every time I think of her now. Lowing like a stream. Yeah, right? I, that's what I think about is like she didn't even want to introduce her name because she was embarrassed of the fact that it makes kids pee when they <laughs> hear her name, which is so cute. Yeah. <laughs> like it's sad, but it's, it's cute. It's pretty adorable, yeah. Now, it's made aware that like she's 
she has i think it's asperger's yeah so right right away i didn't really understand why that was important for a long time it was kind of like okay that's well th- that's cool you're giving some people maybe who have it like here okay here's a character on screen i can relate to this completely get that but it means a lot in this game because she can't explain herself if there's something that's bugging her and the fact that our character i I keep calling him our character so weird johnny when the high school scene happens and he talks about how he wants to start dating her and explains how the reason he wants to date her is because she's different and so he'll be unique oh yeah (laughs) she's like she gets she gets upset because she's like no 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 you completely forgot why did you forget our first meeting where they were talking about like the stars and you know mm. she completely forgot about that and and so and the game hides that from you you're like okay what what's what, what's going on <laughs> like which is a what i love about this game because you're jumping from memory to memory so the pieces don't totally fit until the end which is expertly done yeah well and so the the brilliance of it is the big thing that is held from us for a long time but there's hints and i don't know why i didn't notice this so there is a bunk bed in Johnny's uh, room, and there's a whole bunch of there's at one point there's a uh, a backpack that's like dusty, and it's I remember the first time when I was playing it, I was kind of like I wonder why did they say like here's a, a dusty backpack, okay this game's smart, why state that right, right? <laughs> and so then we of course find out in Act Three, which is Act Three is just freaking brutal. <laughs> That our, we have a twin brother, or we had a twin brother, which of course, and I'm sure we can understand this, that instantly started making a hit hard yeah. for me. Like, oh man. <laughs> and all of a sudden we find out that our, Johnny's mother, I don't, again, what is the reasoning for why I keep saying our character? I keep I mean, to it is the character that I guess that's you're living. Their, yeah. 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 And so we find out that through a completely unfortunate accident, our mother backs up and hits and kills our brother, Joey. And Johnny then, because he's so distraught, for good reason, ends up taking these beta blockers that basically makes him forget a large swath of his memory from his childhood. Which, yeah, which that analogy is so, like, yeah. Why would today? Everyone's over-medicated? Yeah, and it just... People talk about repressed memories all the time in therapy and whatever. And, oh, man. Oh. Well, and the thing that's so crazy about it is, so, and this is why this game's so weird. I almost feel like the game hits harder. When I watched someone else play it, it hit harder the second time. Because there's there's so many scenes early on, you don't understand the significance. Like, in the basement, there's a dusty box of the Animorphs mag- magazines and books. And our character, one of the times when we're talking to River... In the store, she's talking about like her, one of her favorite books, and then she asks us, and our character Johnny, there I go again, says, "Yeah, it's like I don't really know why, but I really like Animorphs." And you find out it's because his memory's bad. Yep, it, it was his brother's <laughs> series that his brother introduced him to. <sighs> Brilliant writing. Yeah. Also, an- shout out to Animorphs. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I actually ever read one of those books, but I know what they were. Well, and then in her, I also think there's a subtle brilliance in the fact that she loves, uh, what is it, in The Emperor's New Clothes? Like, that, that was the book that she likes? I, I, can't, I couldn't remember what the book was, but yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the significance between that, obviously, I don't know if you've ever seen 
or I read, I guess, the book. The whole concept behind that book is an emperor gets sold this amazing fashion style of new clothes, which he's like, I don't see them. And they're like, no, no, you don't understand. They're amazing. And so the entire, he's literally walking around naked. And the entire, the entire town pretends like, oh my gosh, those clothes look amazing and fake him out to make him realize, okay, these clothes are, yeah, it's a crazy concept. And the fact that that's her favorite book is really interesting. Because it's kind of got an analogy to his life almost. Yeah. yeah. What do you feel about the dynamic between the two doctors while they're searching through these memories? Well, it's interesting because it's like it's a story in itself, right? Like, so obviously the game starts, our Watt has the car crash and you later find out that when you're searching in that car crash and other memory, there's pills. So like he apparently has some issues going on, but there's very much a give and take between the two of them. Cause Watt is very sarcastic. I identified with him very well. <laughs> <laughs> and Surprise. in, uh, Rosaline, Rosaline, however, uh, Rosaline is very much to the point, uh, almost too smart for her own britches sort of thing at times. And just the them kind of narrating it in a way, but they almost were like a comic relief a lot of the time. Agreed, yeah. And I really like that. I think it added a lot because we're getting the story through these memories, obviously. But then, yeah, we're getting a side story, but them looking at the memories and trying to piece together things, I think that's, it's kind of like we're along for the ride. Well, and you almost in a weird way, you got to watch them not care and just be like, this is a job. And then slowly evolve into decisions started becoming heavier. And mm. when you notice the sarcastic Watt guy started even being hesitant, I was like, you kind of felt it. You're like, okay, they're getting this too. This is crazy what's going on right now. The character. Is this their first job? I can't remember. No, I don't think so. Because I think at least once or twice, I thought they referenced something else. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. I just couldn't remember off the top of my head. Yeah. Oh, and I guess also living through, at least living with those two characters, Watt is just ridiculously funny because, like, there's so many small jokes that they make throughout the game. Like, they do the, uh, he does the Hadouken. (laughs) I freaking love it. Comments. Uh, He even does a Kamehameha at one point, too. So good. There's so many good inside jokes that are, like, in references to other mediums that I love. And I'm sure that can be... It can take away from some people if they don't have, they don't know the references, but those are very, very broad ones. I think it adds to the experience. There was a moment, uh, and it was kind of funny because like I didn't even notice it at first, but uh, Doctor Watt pointed something. So when they were at the school, he made a comment once when they were at a basketball court, and they're like, and it shows you like the brilliance in the writing that memory isn't perfect, and it was a subtle way of showing it. He's like, oh, it's so weird how in Johnny's memory. All of the, all of the basketball court lines were rectangles instead of squares, and it, it was like, and he pointed that oh. out. I wouldn't have noticed it, and but then it, once he said that, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that is weird. Why is that the case? <laughs> and it's just it's subtle jabs of like, yeah, memory's not perfect for everybody. Oh yeah, maybe that's what they're trying to go with that. That could be the route. That, I didn't that, really. That think could about, also be me reading into that too much, but that could be like the machine's not perfect as well. Yeah. So. Which they also were in defense of the machine often. Like, no, the machine's perfect. It's Johnny's the problem. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, well, one of them like helped make the machine or something. I can't remember. Again, it's been a little while, but man, this I think that's what I really like about the game is the subtlety and all the the references they come back to you, mm. like the dusty backpack, the animorphs, and it all ties into the narrative, even though it's a very sad narrative. Well, you know, the thing that was really crazy for me is a lot of the scenes between Johnny and River as they were growing up are so real. Like, because their talks, at least for me, and again, I have a very strange relationship with like talking with girls when I was in junior high and high school. I was awkward. I probably still am awkward. But that that awkwardness bled through the screen. I felt like whenever they he was having a discussion with her, it was at the school, she's sitting on the steps and they're just kind of jabbing back and forth when they're at the movie theater and they're talking and it's just it's so relatable i feel like relatable is a very good word choice yeah yeah everybody's had that moment unless you're have no filters i'm not that's not the right word like things are awkward you have Mm. some pressure about oh i like this person all right Let's not make myself look like a fool, but it ends up happening anyways. Of course, yeah. It's just you, of course, try and act more than you are. And like you could just tell like his character, that's what he was trying to do. But yeah, that, that's why that the cafeteria scene was so powerful, where he's explaining how he was almost trying to defend her by saying, you know, she's different, she's unique, and that's the reason he wants to be with her, which of course hurt her. She was like, no, no, that's not you. Why is that the reason you want to be with me? <laughs> But then because she has Asperger's, she can't really explain, which is why the bunnies, the fact that she's making all those bunnies, trying to, I mean, they're literally everywhere. There's hundreds, if not thousands of them. Is there a platypus in this game? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. The this, this stuff platypus. Okay, oh, yeah. 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 I, for some reason, I always get the bunnies and the platypus confused, but I forgot. There's one that's a lot everywhere. It's like, is it the platypus or the bunnies? Yeah, it's the platypus. Yeah, that's that's great. And then there's the hacky sack. And I, I completely forgot about that scene because that's, again, that to me was like, I think the breaking moment with River. Because there was, so in their first meeting, when, you know, they're sitting on that log, that freaking scene is yeah. just unbelievable where, you know, she's explaining what she thinks stars are. And then, you know, yeah, you know, uh, she says that you know but, she thinks they're lighthouses. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like it's such it's such a brilliant design. But then of course he won the platypus at the whack-a-mole game. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah. And then he also the hacky sack falls out of his bag and he tells her to keep it. And so she can practice. And so then when they meet again later, she throws him the hacky sack, expecting to try and see if it would like, oh yeah, you gave this to me. And then he just chucks it off the cliff. And she, that's when you could tell it ba- she like broke. She realized he doesn't remember. So that's when she starts making the bunnies because again, they drew the bunny out of the stars. And he said the moon's belly is, is the bunny. Yeah. And <laughs> so, which is why that. the final one that she made was the yellow paper bunny with the blue or the yellow belly and the blue ears. <sighs> she was trying to jog his memory because she couldn't explain Okay, it, come on. It's freaking tragic. I, I know. <laughs> and that's the life he actually lived, which yes. is even more sad because, yeah, we go in there and we change these memories so they can finally get to the moon. But the life that they lived, it was so disconnected and tra- traumatic almost that it's like, man. How, how tragic is that, by the way, like when you first meet, right? When he, he asks, like, what's your wish? And he says, I want to go to the moon. But he doesn't know why. 
But he's just, they're just like, so they have to figure out what is going to motivate him to go. He wants to go to the moon because of river. <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. I was like, I couldn't remember the punchline of that. Oh, that's, it's just, that's just, again, they, remember, again, in the log scene. Oh, that log she, scene is so She good, says, if, or he says to her, if we ever get lost, let's meet on the, the moon. moon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and of course, he lost his memory. Because, because of the beta, 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 yeah, beta blockers. Oh, because of his brother's death. Uh, just tragic. Yeah, I can't remember how many years were in between him losing his brother and him meeting River. Yeah, like that, the hacky sack. I yeah, don't, I don't I'm remember. A little bit I'm pretty sure it was a pretty long period in between. I just know that because they met at like the fair, right? Or yes. Something. Yeah. Yep. The first time, and yeah. remember that's when they were going to come back every year. Uh, uh, so sick. yeah, very much so. Any promises unfulfilled is always just gets to me, especially when it's like kids or lovers well, trying to meet. That, you know what? That actually might be hitting it out of the park right there. It's it's the innocence of two kids. They have such serious aspirations that you're like, that's just what kids say. There's no way. But like you totally feel for them because it's like it almost mm. feels like a lot of their life was cheated from them because of other life circumstances her having Asperger's not being able to explain to him that we've met before she didn't know how she couldn't muster up the ability to say that him not remembering her not because he didn't completely fall in love with her but because of a medic, medical side of things like he could that not remember because of his brother's of, death yeah out of his control like he didn't he didn't have an influence with his brother's death well you could say he should. He could have been playing with him, or he could have watched. You know, everybody does the thing. Where, like, what could I have done in, in any tragedy? Well, and then there was the scene too when she was afraid he didn't remember. And I don't know if you caught it. There's a scene where one of the times you meet her later in life, like after they're a scene about in the cafeteria, she cuts her hair, so her hair comes back shorter, like it was when they first met. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Oh, like she she cares so much, uh, like, and, but it just uh, what happens to them without manipulating the memory? He dies on his deathbed, or he's dying on. And his she, I mean, when we meet him, she had been dead for two years. That's what it was. Do we yeah. remember how she died? Was it just old age? I think it was just old age, if I okay. remember correctly. So, th- were they together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were married the entire time, though. Yeah, that's the only thing that is a slight disconnect, because. If she's still with the man that she loves, right? Why is she so focused on the past? That's the only thing I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I think the tragedy behind it is just basically they, he couldn't, no, he no longer remembered why they initially kind of quote unquote fell in love. He doesn't remember. Oh, yeah. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. And she was never able to express that. And therefore, they're kind of origin story of sorts never happened according to him and she wanted him to remember that because that was an important like the platypus that she has that's from him oh yeah and he doesn't remember yeah and he doesn't know that and so like that significance is gone and so it's a little bit of a tragedy there because they never got to really have the full-on story but that's kind of the power of their love i suppose they still ended up together i guarantee there's <laughs> somebody who plays this game this is depicting autistic People with autism as a negative, blah, blah, blah. But not everybody's the same. It's okay. I, well, you know, like, <laughs> oh, my goodness. I don't know how you couldn't not absolutely just love her character. I Right? Every time her character was on screen, I was just, you know, oh, I, I just couldn't wait. It's just, 
it's such a she's a powerful character which is why by the way when they finally well i guess we can talk to that that scene when dr rosaline decides she figured out how to trigger because they still couldn't figure out how to get him to remember to go to the moon and so one of the ideas was if you remove river and let him think that he came up with the idea himself his love of the moon and so then Watt decides to start warping around all over the place and just randomly interjects himself <laughs> saying like, Hey, did you know that they had this at NASA? And like, they, like, they try to slowly yeah. driving his path towards NASA. It's so good. And yet, even after removing river from it all, still river still ends up showing up at NASA. No, oh, it's so good. Like, it's that's my favorite part. Oh, she, I mean, there's a lot of favorite parts yeah. in this game, but I think that might be my favorite part. Uh, what did you want from the ending out of, out of curiosity? Like, cause I got to that point and when they got into the rocket, I was trying to decide for myself, like what, how is, what's a good ending here? I mean, I think that was it. Them meeting. That was the ending I needed. That little like last second where like she reaches her hand out. For oh him. Yeah, gosh. Oh. I, I felt it a little bit there. I was kind of <laughs> like, Oh, I don't think I needed that moment particular. Like they could have left it a little bit more ambiguous but i mean that seals the deal that's that's what i want this is a bittersweet good ending i think there's something kind of fun about or uplifting about the idea that the last one of the last shots in the rocket is they're holding their hands and you can see from the window the moon starting to come into focus and so it's like hey they lost themselves and yet look at at the very end of the game they found themselves again like they said they were going to do when they were kids that's that's pretty powerful but it's still sad because, ri- one, it didn't happen. <laughs> There's that, yes. And River never got to get any sort of answer. She never got to see him realize that they first met all back in that day. She never dis- rediscovered him on the moon, which could also maybe paint a deeper picture. It shows the tragedy of life, right? Like All she wanted was for him to remember. And sometimes tragedy forces people to forget things, which is what happened here with yeah. his brother. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I'm glad we don't have it where like the mom is in the picture and grieving in that regard but that, well, that's, I mean talk about a tra- like how do you even yeah want? exactly and I, I wonder what it would be like with her in the picture as mm-hmm. well but I'm glad they didn't go that route I think that could be interesting it is funny because like they get what they wanted but not really yeah. I mean, for him, well, that's the thing. For him, yes, he did, but nobody else. And nobody else in his life remembers him going to NASA because he wasn't. Well, and that's the kind of the funny thing, too. It's like, yeah, okay, he got what he wanted, which is the purpose of the program. But it still kind of shows you, like, does that mean... What does that say about life, then, though, if you think about it, right? Because it's like, okay, you can completely fail your entire life and then have someone come in at the end and fix all your failures for you to make you think you lived a good life. That's interesting, too. Oh, yeah. It's a dilemma. Like, I wouldn't say his life was bad in that regards because he still married her and he still got to build that life with her together. But yeah, it's like like the failed dreams. Like, if you're on your deathbed and, oh, I didn't accomplish this because, you know, life can get in the way. What would you wish for? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, It's tough. (sighs) So that's it. On to the quick bits. (laughs) Yeah. This game, OST, hits all the moods and is really wonderful. You should definitely listen to it. The nerdy references that Neil made all the time, Dr. Watt, (laughs) is so good. Like the Hadouken Kamehameha. Always fun. 
there is a certain scene, since uh, I'm kind of shy away from spoilers at this part, two characters are looking up into the sky and there's a that was the background of my computer, I believe, from like 2014 to about 2018, 2019. <laughs> now it's Lunar Silver Star Story, but I got a lot of use out of two of them in yes. my household. Uh, more people should play this game. I'll also play a bird story. Yeah, and probably and I, Finding Paradise. I, I definitely want to play those, so I'll be checking at those as well. Uh, real quick, because I do think, I feel like 20 years ago when this question was asked, it was like a test to quote unquote see how manly you were. Nowadays, I think it is actually more manly to admit you're okay with your feelings. Did you cry in this game? Yes, I wouldn't say full on sobbing though. So it was definitely the teary eyed. I would consider that crying in my regard. Sad premise, beautiful. Yeah, no, I definitely choked up a couple of times. I, I would argue like this game, like it's just so hard. I think when I said the real part of it, it's just so relatable. And I don't mean like I've experienced like the loss of a brother or anything like that, thank God. But it's just you it these characters feel very real. And you can understand their pain and the awkwardness of how they have these discussions. I think that just makes it all hit that much more. Yeah. Very expertly done. Well, Larry, how are we end on this? So actually I originally wrote here, this game really pushes the notion that life is short. I'm not sure if it necessarily pushes it, but it it gets you to really think about life. And so it does end. Unfortunately, this, this ride ends for all of us at some point. And so I, I wanted to ask you, if there is something you want to do before you die, what would you like to do? One thing. If you were laying on your deathbed and you're like, dang, I never got to do that. What would you feel bad about? <sighs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's really interesting because uh, my lady and I, we had this talk, I'd say less than a month ago about where I am in my career and all this stuff. And I, she asked me like, if you, you know, you died, I don't know if it was exactly like this, but if you died tomorrow, would you feel satisfied? And I told her no, but at the same time, I've looked at what I've accomplished in my life. And it's really hard for me to wrap my head around because at the same time, I feel like I have not done enough, but I feel like I have. So I got a house, got a loving lady, we kind of made, we started building our basement. We made it our own. So that's kind of cool. That's crafting. I've traveled everywhere. A really good family. Started this podcast. The YouTube channel is going off, which is cool. That's you rising. Really, you actually published a book. I published a book. Like, so I've done all the things I've wanted to do. And I'm like, but I still don't feel satisfied, which is weird. Maybe it's just that growing thing that I, there's still so much I, ideas I want to do. There's so many more games I want to cover. There's, so many more places I want to take her. And I think it comes down to because every day, for the most part, obviously work gets in the way and stuff, and even this hobbies of ours gets in the way. But every day I'm pretty satisfied. And I know that's not everybody can say that. I've been kind of doing what I've wanted to do for a long time now, and I've kind of, I mean, I've burned many bridges because of that. <laughs> but I'm etching what I want to do with my life. And not every, it's not saying that everything else is secondary. It's just... I don't, uh, sort. I don't try, I, I don't sacrifice who I'm supposed to be in my heart of heart, but is there other things I want to do? And maybe I'd like to make a game sometime Ooh, okay. like that. That would be interesting. Like I, I'm going to write more books. We're going to record more podcasts, obviously, but yeah, I think maybe make a game someday. I don't know where I do. And I, or start a charity or something. 
You know, you're getting that's, that's something I've kind of. But okay, this is weird. I think I've told this story to maybe like four or five people. Overall, I don't really get anything from donating to charities. And I know it's not supposed to be about me, but I feel like I see no impact. Okay, so I will put a little twist in your plot, though. I think sometimes when people say start a charity, they're intending for there to be a money donation. To me, when I think of starting a charity, that would be like your charity, like you go to a neighborhood and help fix some stuff for people. And then other people donate to that charity to give you money to help you continue to do that sort of thing. So yeah, that I think that's where my disconnect is. Because there, there's a story. So during the pandemic, this kid I used to teach, I used to be a teacher. I used to teach him, then I tutor him for a year. And we've kind of now we're, I would consider us friends. Like he's grown up, he's graduated high school, which makes me feel really old. Because I taught him when I was in fourth, when he was in fourth grade. And, you know, I had extra money during the pandemic just from stuff and whatever and I've obviously we've talked about I have a very big video game collection and I was like you know what I found a good deal on an N64 and we've always talked about Nintendo and all this stuff and he really loves Mario and so I just bought him an N64 and a couple games and I just gave it to him right and I wasn't expecting anything back and you know I asked about his mom and dad like is this okay blah blah blah. and I felt so good and it wasn't and I've Again, it's not about clout or anything because I haven't told anybody this story. My mm-hmm. couple people in my life, and I'm like, that more hands-on approach. I feel like would be better for me. Yeah. So well, maybe doing more instances of that, like, I don't, like you said, going to a neighborhood and fixing it up, or like literally doing like what Mr. Beast does on YouTube, yeah, like 100%. handing somebody just a thousand. Here's a thousand dollars. Or when I think about. It, when I go out with my friends sometimes, sometimes just picking up the tab, like passing stuff along like that. I feel like that one, it impacts their lives in such a small scale, but I feel like that small can reverberate out. And, and I do, I would say though, on that point, I do think though, that's where society needs to change a little bit though too. Cause I feel like a lot of the times there is a, okay, well I'll get you next time mentality to charity where if you offer help to somebody, a lot of the times the expectation from their front is, even if they don't intend for it, it's, okay, well now I need to make sure I help them back. Mm-hmm. And I don't like that side of it. Charity should just be, if you are if you want to go out of your way to be nice for somebody, the intention should not be, okay, I'm expecting something in return. Yeah, exactly. That's not the yeah. point. Yeah, I'm not expecting that kid I gave that. Yeah. You're not going to buy me a Switch game now. Yeah. No, that's not how yeah. it works. Just let me do what I want to do because I'm fortunate enough, I've worked hard enough that I'm in a comfortable spot now. Okay. I think, so between that, making a game, and yeah, doing more give back situations in my life, I guess. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think that's actually a really good answer. And I I do wonder if, hopefully, if we can keep kind of growing either the YouTube podcast or both, or your books continue to get more, we might have some opportunities that arise down the road because of some of this stuff, which could be really fun too. And we can help you maybe fulfill some of that more on our end, on top of the fact you'll be doing it by yourself as well. Yeah. And again, it's not, again, you're not doing, I understand. I know it's a tricky spot, right? Because on one hand you want to show like Mr. Beast is the prime example. He gets crap a lot of the time because people are like, he records himself doing nice things, but it's like, 
because he's doing that, look how many people want to copy what he's doing and be nice to that, the world. I think that's my point. Like, yeah, you could say you did those things, and then somebody's gonna be like, "Oh, show me the receipts." Yeah. Like, okay, so then what's the better of two evils in that regard? Yeah, when you're just trying to do something nice, you show it, and then hopefully that sticks in somebody's brain, right? No, I, I would agree. Uh, you kind of this. You actually went a lot further with this question than I thought you were going to go, and it was kind of interesting. I was thinking about this the other night, and. I got myself on a point where I was trying to think about the answer to the question myself. And I was trying to decide, first of all, like, what is it in my life? Like, when am I the happiest? And I always talk about how, like, when you have, like, alone time and you're just kind of quiet and you got some free time to yourself, like, that's always such a fun moment. But then when it's there and there's nothing on the horizon, I start getting stressed out. Like, I need stuff to keep me going. And I realized my perfect comfort moment. And that is... The night before, I don't have anything to do that night, but my entire day is booked. The next day is booked. I'm happy in those moments. Interesting. It's like, I know people need me tomorrow, but I got some free time right now. And I was thinking about that and I'm like, okay. So from a life standpoint, there's a lot of things I think I still, I want to achieve. But I was looking at this, like my life from a selfish front I've kind of poured a lot of me into my daughter now for obvious reasons. I fear on a daily basis, like if I'm no longer around, like her being able to survive on her own. And so it's like, I, I'm constantly thinking about that. It's terrible. I've but had it's that like, scenario go off in my head, which is weird, but yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, I, I, I don't, I hate the thought of not knowing what her next decision is going to be. Like, I want her to make sure, because I know she's going to be fine. But I want her to be confident enough to like be able to go and do her own thing. I just I hate the idea of like not knowing like what my daughter's gonna do next in her life. Like I want to always be there to experience those. It's gotta be a terrifying. You know, it's it, it's horrible. And this isn't anti-parenting. Like have kids, they're absolutely they change you forever. They like my daughter changed me like none other. The other odd thing is more of just a random one, and it probably explains me. I really want to be alive long enough to see humans get on Mars. <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> like let's bring down the like seriousness for a little bit just from a lighthearted viewpoint like i freaking love space to me that would be like the you know i'm jealous that we didn't i wasn't alive when we got to watch on live tv the moon landing i would love to be alive to see us plant our human genetics two feet whatever on the surface of mars that will be such a cool nerdy moment that i i yeah. just hope we're I, odds are hopefully we are but you just never know <laughs> yeah i mean like, with technology we could be there in two years who knows but yeah. or it could be there in two months if some craziness happens who knows i don't think it's gonna be i mean I no think i don't think so either it takes but like nine months to get there <laughs> that's what i'm saying some crazy technology we just bloop. yeah no no, no. but yeah so that's you know and honestly selfishly too just uh it's not selfish it's just curiosity side point of things just finally proving that there's life somewhere else Oh, yeah, that'd be again, amazing. I, I know that the proof is going to be some microscopic thing. Yeah, I mean, we already know there's bacteria and stuff out yeah. there. Yeah. But actually some like feasible, like decently sized life would be so cool. Oh, my gosh. So you didn't really answer. What do you want to accomplish, though? I think for me, like I, I want to continue to make myself self-sufficient. Like I'm building a business of my own in the industry that I work in, uh, I'm actually going to be hopefully within the next year here transitioning into like my own sales agency, not, and it's still going to pay me 
through I'm still gonna get paid through the one that I'm a part of but I'm gonna branch off so I can kind of start expanding myself wider mm. which oh, would man, that'd be a cool thing to do well, if we could do it on this side of things too well, exactly. we've talked about that that's a dream yeah sure but yeah I mean the idea that you know it, it took you know about two and a half years of payments and stuff like that but the idea that I own a small business now like that's I would have never seen that for myself. I love that. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. It's taught me a lot about the level of taxation in this country. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like that's a lot of fun. I would love to see myself continuing to expand and growing that side of it. And yeah, obviously, you know, if we want to like link us two together, you know, continuing to learn how to build a podcast with you. Like it's not like I just have a co-host. I, my brother is with me. Like that's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, definitely different. Yeah, we're learning the YouTube side of things. Like, that's been an absolute experience. Uh, you're killing me on it right now. <laughs> so that's motivation. Hey, this, that's motivation. This could be coming out later, so who knows? Maybe you are. <laughs> Very true. Ho- hopefully this has changed a little bit. But no, it's it's been so much fun to kind of just slowly build this thing. And I think the idea that we didn't immediately have success and we still haven't had success, but we're seeing it grow. Yeah, the growth is fun. It, it feels like it makes it all more worth it. Like every time we hit a milestone, I feel like we really feel that milestone. And it's so weird when you think about because yeah, life is chalked up to achievements, right? And it kind of defines who you are. I thought about like I look at our lens from our dad, mm. like like we were his achievements. I assume like a lot of the time, like. So- him taking us out west all the time and having all building those memories and i think about that and you know my life has gone in a different trajectory from that but i feel like that would have been a fulfilling life yeah i guess that's actually a good barometer i always ask like i wonder like what our mom you know she looks at us like is she satisfied with where her sons are at and i think for the most part she is and i feel like at least for me and i've gotten yelled at in the past for kind of caring more about the successes of like I want you and Kevin to both be completely who's our other brother to be doing really really good and so like he was our other brother (laughs) no he is okay gotcha (laughs) it's like something changed (laughs) no 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 but like in just the fact that like all three of us as long as like we're happy like that it's amazing like how powerful having like an intact healthy family is and yeah I yeah yeah, and then I extend that obviously now I've extended that arm now I have a daughter you guys have a niece and just continuing that trend it, it just it's amazing how powerful that is some people could argue if you're anti-family that's a distraction but like oh yeah it's definitely a distraction to the grind but yeah. then at the end of the day i think about this too like when you're on that deathbed if you have nobody else around you is that okay i mean yeah it probably is to some well, people well, and it's something that i always say too you think about this and i've talked to kevin about this i know we've talked about it before but like you know when i you hit 40 50 60 years old you're successful you're making lots of money you get to travel the world if you don't have friends and family around i mean what's the point yeah. yeah i mean the idea that you know i get to see my daughter grow up and become an adult eventually and see the decisions she makes and possibly a family someday and then i'm now that's another arm extended and more people i'm interacting with like this stuff excites me i love that and i heard you know travel is a big thing for me but i always go with the argument that you don't have to travel somebody told me once it stuck with me they're like eventually everywhere you go like if you move to a different city or whatever, it's just roads and signs mm, like yeah. it's the people so surround yourself with people that love you and you know give them love back because god I, I thought about this my life technically is half over 
Because our dad only made it to 65. Yeah, mine's half over plus two. Yeah. <laughs> or minus two. Yeah. Yeah. My, yeah. Plus two. Trust me, I, I, trust me. I, I think about that a lot. So if knowing from here on out that my life is half over, I mean, hopefully we're fortunate to live longer than our dad did. And hopefully we don't go the way he did. That's, just, that's a whole bag of worms. But I feel like I could tell at the end he didn't want to go. He wanted to live. But I look back at what he accomplished, and I think he did. I mean, yeah, he started a business. There's so much turmoil and things that changed in his life, but I think he lived an amazing life. Oh, I no, mean, I, the one thing, this is the one thing I always come back to, is people talk about, like, there, I've never, I mean, they, after his death, obviously, it's different, but I've never heard anybody say a bad thing about him. Like, out of all his friends groups, like he has some pet peeves and stuff, but <laughs> like our uncle Taco, he's also the greatest with money. But that is a legacy that I think is strongest. Like I think yeah. of him as like this beacon of nice guy, <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. the good neighbor, the, the person that would just chat with you about anything. And I it, like that. I think that goes a long way. It's a weird thing to say this to like a parent, but like now that I'm a parent myself, I look at it I was like I'm I'm proud of the life he lived. And yeah. that's not something that, like from a sibling or like a, a kid saying to your parent that feels weird to say. But if you step back and look at it, like I think he's absolutely proud of what he did. And yeah. so, and I think that's kind of the thing, right? Like find passions in life because I think money will always help. Obviously, you need to work hard because some of your passions are expensive. But just find something that makes you happy. Find a group of people that you can be around and you don't feel like you have to work to be around them. Yeah, it's not like a chore to be with them. Yeah. Yeah. And just, I mean, to me, that that's more than enough. Because then you're going to make memories. You'll have no idea where they're going to go. Because like every time you're with people that you're hanging out with, memories might accidentally happen. Someone's going to say something stupid. Something <laughs> silly is going to happen to someone. You're going to witness something amazing. Like, you just never know. Yeah. That was a very long-winded life talk. Hope you're still with us. And if you're not, well, yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> One thing you got to learn is what you do, not everybody's going to be a fan of, and just keep doing it though. And I think, as long as you're not harming people, that'd be great. The way to encapsulate all this is play to the moon. It's an, it'll give you an existential crisis. <laughs> Beautiful.